Matthew chapter 1 through chapter 10, we have the revelation of the king. But in chapter number 11, we begin this amazing thing of the rebellion against the king. In this section, the Jews began to rebel against every revelation Jesus Christ had gave him himself. He was denounced by John in John 11, 1-19. He performed many miracles in John eleven twenty through 30 He announced his principles in John 12, 1-21 and revealed his person John 12, 22 through 50. And the result that was that Jesus, beginning in chapter 14, turns from a nation and begins to look towards the cross. What began as rebellion now has turned in to an outright rejection. This is the first time we hear the word woe from the lips of the Savior. The word carries the ideal of being judged. Woe. But it has another meaning as well. It is a woe that speaks of God's judgment, but not out of anger but out of sorrow and tears. It's as if God is saying, I'm crying for you as I tell you this woe. How tragic it was that these cities should treat so lightly their opportunity to see and to hear Jesus Christ. And be saved. Capernaum especially. For it was. If you will. Christ headquarters. For much of his ministry. And where the light shines. The brightest. People have the greatest. Responsibility. In Luke 12. 48. He that knew not. Did not commit. Things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. To whom men have committed much, to him they will ask the more. The Gentile cities of Tyre and Sidon were godless cities. Sodom and Gomorrah was the epitome, if you will, of evil. And Capernaum had been exalted to heaven in status with God. Five of the ten miracles of Matthew 89 were performed in Capernaum. But then Jesus said, It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. They heard his words, 
They listened to his message. They listened to his message. They knew who he was. They saw the miracles. And yet, they did not repent. Tell us what's that. Do what? Are we? Okay. They knew so much, but believed so little. Jesus went to Tyre and Sidon only once. That was recorded. In Matthew 15, 21, then Jesus went thence and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. He answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. These two cities represented evil and arrogance and a prideful disdain for God of Israel. And he goes on to say, if Horazin sees silent there, he said they would have repented long ago. Then of course we understand Sodom stands for a symbol of gross immorality and sexual perversion and corruption and a complete rejection of God. But the Lord said if they had seen what you saw in Capernaum, Sodom Gomorrah would still be here today. I'm challenged this morning by the fact that we have been blessed so much in what we know. We have seen God do things over and over again. We've been privileged to be in some of the greatest meetings that's ever happened. God has so blessed us with a good church and a great building and a lot of things. But our hearts is challenged for those that know so much, know so much, but believe so little. 
See, miracles can amaze us, stall us, shock us. But don't miss his. We have folks sitting right in this congregation that God has given a miracle to. He has literally given them a miracle. But they're further from God today than they've ever been in their life. God has done some of the greatest works in their life. And yet, they'll throw God out in a heartbeat. We have families, young people, that moms and dads have at great sacrifice sent their kids to a Christian school. We have families that with great sacrifice have tried to homeschool their children and they're doing so now. And all of that's wonderful. I'm for all of that. We have families that they've had their children here in our services every time the doors is open. And yet as they become older, they take jobs that keep them out of the house of God. What's wrong with that picture? What bothers me is it don't bother them. What bothers me was moms and dads. It doesn't bother you. That bothers me. It don't bother you. The fact they know so much but believe so little. And so this story here the Lord gives it was so concerning to him. said, He's burdened. He's broken. He's saying, if what the, has happened here, if the lost man that's never had a heritage got this same word, they would be saved. Is that one that's brought up in a home that never darkened the house of God? Never heard a gospel message. Went from pure to post. Have heard what you heard. They would be saved immediately. And yet you sit here this morning. Lost and undone. You know so much. So much. But you believe so little. Let me take it a step further. There's some of us, and I say us, have been saved and we have seen God do over and over and over and over and over in our life. And yet this morning, we're still struggling with unbelief. Why? What does God have to do? He's not already done for us to trust Him and believe Him. What would God have to do? 
So I find in his story four things. Number one, life both saves and condemns. Life both saves and condemns. Horazian had the light of the world walking in their midst. They saw Jesus. They knew Jesus. They heard Jesus. Matter of fact, they listened as he preached. They saw firsthand the miracles. But please don't miss this. Sidon and Tyre and Sodom and Gomorrah never had much light. For the most part, these cities lived in a very deep darkness. And Lord says this, better in that case to be a pagan than to be a religious person sitting on a church pew that you know what truth is. But you have a heart of unbelief and you refuse to believe. Wow. See, the men of Horizon couldn't make an excuse. We can't make an excuse well, God, I just, I just didn't know. We do know. God, I just, I, I've never seen you do anything. We have seen him do some things. We, we don't have no excuse. We can't go to God and say, well, God, I just, I just, sorry, I just didn't. We do know. We know. See, The people of Sodman and the people of Sidon and Tyre could say, well, God, I just didn't know. If you ask the question, where would you rather live? In Horizon or Sodom? Immediately someone would say, I'd rather live in Horizon, of course. And from a standpoint of a good place to live, that would be the right answer. But from an eternal standpoint, from eternal, Sodom would be better with all of its immorality because the judgment would be so much greater for those who knew so much but still did not believe. Light shows you what's clean but it shows you what's dirty. Amen? You turn the lights off and clean the room and it looked pretty clean till you turn the light on. You turn the light on, dear Christian, not only for those that are lost that are here today, those of you that are saved, Light both saves and it condemns. When the light's on, it lets you see everything the way it is. 
And light leads to more light. And light rejection leads to more darkness. Just to darkness. I'm just going to be pretty blunt and pretty... I'm going to sound like I'm very hard. God knows my heart. I'm trying my best to help you. Hey, son, you parents, you're taking your young people to everything in the world but to give them around the house of God. And then you wonder when they're teenagers why they're meaner than hell. You can't do a thing more with them. Please don't do this. Don't blame everybody else around them. Quit that. Quit that. If they know truth and reject it, it brings more darkness. See, the reality is, God's judgment is always concerning according to the light. Horizon, by God's standard, those in horizon that have rejected the light, for them it was darker than it was for those in Sodom, Tyre, and Sidon. Jesus came to a raisin and worked miracles. He so loved the people. He gave them every opportunity to repent. He favored them so much that He performed miracle after miracle. He taught them the way. He showed them the way. And still... They did not repent. They knew so much, but believed so little. I wonder here this morning, I wonder here this morning, you know that drug business is wrong, but you ain't repented, you're still dumping. You know alcohol's wrong, but you're still drinking. You know cussing's wrong, but you're still cussing. You know it's wrong to lay out the house of God, but you're still doing it. You know it's wrong to rob God, but you still are. You know, no, 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 no. But there's no repentance to say, I've got to make a change. Something's got to be different. Something's got to happen different. Pastor Fly and I use the illustration. Good Lord. Says, wife well, said, shine the trousers, Paul. So he walked into the kitchen. Got him a paper plate. And shoved it one to the bottom. He said it come up about an inch. He looked and said, No, it ain't full. And God help us this morning. If we're not taking message after message after message after message and just pushing it down, saying, Nope, ain't done yet. Ain't done yet. And we're just continually pushing it down instead of just bagging it up and taking it out and removing it out of our lives. Folks, I didn't say, whoa, Jesus did. And it's not a whoa that He hates you. He loves you. 
But he's saying this. He said, well, notice, life both shades and condemns. God's judgment is always according to life. We've got young people that mom and dad spend and sacrifice to send you to Christian school. But my God's are more ungodly today than you've ever been. Why? It ought to produce something. You children that have been so privileged from mom and dad to homeschool you. And that comes at a sacrifice. Are you listening? And yet, you're farther and, and further from God than you've ever been. Why? Because you got knowledge, but there was no believing. You knew so much. And I'm for both of them. I'm not against either one of those. I'm not. But you know so much about believing so little. How tragic. How sad. See? Notice the message for religious people. I said religious people, not saved. Life both saves and condemns. And I truly believe this. I believe we got a Bible believing church. Whether you believe it or not, you got a pastor who tries his best. We have a beautiful building, a good reputation. You sing the choir, you're a church member, you teach Sunday school now or in the past, you're a deacon, and God help us if we've got the call to preach on our life. God help us. Because God's saying life both saves and condemns. And God says it would be better to be a reprobate than to be religious if your religion don't lead you to Jesus Christ. We've got this ideal. Don't think that outward observance matters more than the state of your heart. Perhaps a man of a horizon like Jesus there's no record they ever tried to push him off a cliff like the people in Nazareth did. Perhaps they enjoyed Jesus, admired him, listened to him with a detached interest as he gave them the bread of life. Perhaps they thought he was a bit over the top, but a fine feller nonetheless. See, it's always easy to find ways to minimize Jesus while claiming to admire him from a distance. Oh my goodness. And this is a warning for religious people because they think Jesus was optional. May I say, he's not option. He's not an option. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Better not to have had miracles than to have them not repent. I had a young lady in our church. I see her face this morning. Just a young lady, very young. She was so sick. 
And I asked, we prayed that God would heal her. And God seemingly didn't. And God, forgive me, but my ignorance, I got very frustrated with God. Now God, I'm telling these people, your people, that you hear and answer prayers, but you're not answering this. God, I told them that you heal them, but you're not healing this person. So why? And I was very frustrated. And I complained and murmured to God about the matter. I know you're more spiritual than I am. You don't do stuff like that. But I did. Well, God did heal her. He did touch her. I had visited her time and time and time again. And she started getting better. I said, I am so glad to hear that. Now, of course, we'll see you in church in the morning. No, 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 no. No, I'm not going to church. We're going on the lake. I've been in the house on. We're going to spend more on the lake having a good time. We might try to get there next week. Next week came. She didn't come. Next week, they didn't come. And I'll never forget the morning God said, Now, son, do you understand why? It would have been better off if she'd never gotten healed. It'd been better off if she'd never gotten healed. Because he touched her, but she didn't do nothing with it. She had no repentance in her heart at all. That word repentance means to turn her face about, going in a different direction. There was not a time she walked in the house of God and said, I want to praise God for touching me and healing me. There was a time she said, praise God, preacher, God touched me. No, I'm going to go do my own thing now. Let me just say this. God brought that back with a vengeance. And may I say she's still suffering grievously. The whole family has. You say, why? She knew so much. So much. But believed so little. And then I can hardly comprehend this thought. It's almost bigger than I can comprehend. So this morning I'm just taking God at His Word and telling you I don't fully keep wrap my head around this one. But it's true nevertheless. It's better to be like Sodom than or raisin. This is what He said. By saying to you, it's more tolerable to be tired in Sidon in their judgment than for you. Are you listening to me? This message is for some folks here today. You would be better off at the homeless drunk down here than on the side of the road that's never heard the gospel preached than you would be sitting here and rejecting Christ 
Because at the judgment, it's going to be harder for you than it is for them. Your judgment will be much more severe. Elijah witnessed a homeless lady and he was telling me about the stories she was trying to tell him. He said it made no sense at all. Very apparent. She didn't know Christ. Had never known Christ. Or nothing about it. But the young lady sits here that knows truth. And rejects it. This morning it's better for that person. Than it will be for you. And you say, man. That, that's, that's harsh. No, that's reality. Because the fact of the matter is. You know truth. You know right. You know wrong. You know it's better. It's better for that person that seems to be religious but knows not Christ as Savior than it is. It's worse for them than it is for that person that's never heard. But I say unto you, it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than they. J.C. Riley put it this, this way. It is possible to hear Christ preaching and to see Christ's miracles and yet remain unconverted. They teach us, not least, that a man is responsible for the state of his own soul. God's judgment in the end will be entirely just. The men of Sodom will be judged in the last day. And that judgment will be a fearsome thing indeed. But how much greater will be the judgment on the upstanding religious people in Horizon that seen him Heal the crippled man, open blinded eyes. Heal the leper, raise the dead. How much more that saw those and said, I ain't believing him. I ain't believing him. I'm convinced in all my heart. Here's the reason I'm preaching this. I'm convinced with all my heart. There's folks sitting here that's heard message after message after message after message. And week after week after week, I'm not going to believe that. I don't care what he says. He messages me. I'll just quit. I don't care. I'm not leaving. And reject that message. Thinking they're rejecting me. Not understanding. I'm just a mailman. Wouldn't it be foolish? Somebody waited at the pipe mailbox. Miss Tina drove up. They said, I am going to beat the fool out of you. Why? You brought this bill to me. You, she said, let's hold it in my bill. I'm just a mail lady. This morning, I'm just a mailman. But what bothers me is what you're saying to a holy God 
I know what you're saying. I hear. Oh, you can look away. You can act like you're not paying a bit of attention to me. I like what the man of God said Friday night. He said, you don't have to look at me because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unless you're deaf, you're hearing me. You can hear me. And you say, God, I will not believe. God says, it'll be better for that person had they never heard the gospel the first time. Wow. So it's a message of warning and of hope. To the religious, those words remind us that it is not merely open sin and gross immorality that God judges. He sees the attitude of the heart. And God takes that very seriously. See, we don't have to sit still and do nothing when the gospel is preached for us to accept. And one day we'll find ourselves in a pit. Riley said this, No sin makes less noise, but but none so surely damns the soul as unbelief. Gosh. No sin makes less noise, but none so surely damns the soul as unbelief. This morning the hope is that we've been given such a great advantage to hear the sound of the gospel. What a great privilege and opportunity. And church, Solid Rock Baptist Church, if church is not something you desire and you want and you long for, you need to be checking your heart out. You need to check your heart out. Because that would be love for the house of God. What a great advantage and privilege and opportunity we have to come and worship Him. It's a greater condemnation to hear the gospel and do nothing about it. And I hope is this, Revelation twenty-two seventeen, some of the last words that were said. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And him they hear say, Come. Let him athirst come. And whosoever will take of the water of life freely. This morning, God says, Come. Man is responsible for the state of his soul. No case is hopeless when the heart's truly open to the Lord. No sin can keep us from Jesus except for the sin of unbelief. No sin can keep you from Jesus but the sin of unbelief. If you're religious, run to the cross. If you're irreligious, run to the cross. If you're a church member, run to the cross. If you never go to church, run to the cross. If you live a good life, run to the cross. And if you're ashamed of your life, run to the cross. Because at the cross, we are all the ground level at the foot of the cross. I don't care how morally you're good. If you're lost, He wants to save you. 
I don't care how wicked you are. I don't care how wicked you are. He wants to save you. Don't make the mistake of horizon and take Jesus for granted. Because the day of grace to end is going to be sooner than later. The day of grace will end. Jesus is going to snatch the church away. And if you're left, it'd be better that you was a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Muslim, a homosexual, a murderer, or a drug addict than to sit and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and reject it when the church is raptured out. Believing so much. But I believe that's for the lost. And I believe there's lost folks here today. Matter of fact, I'm pretty certain of it. But I believe it goes back to the Christians too. We know, let's let's quit playing games. We know what's right and wrong. Some of you got secret sins in your life and you know you know God's not pleased. You don't have to call me to ask me if it's right or if it's wrong. You already know it is. Let's quit playing games. And God should just when we kids, we get to mess playing in bed, dad just come and jerk all the covers off. Get us all. God's a master at jerking covers off. When we know what's right, we not wrong. This morning, there's some, there's some Christian people. You need to quit your. You need to quit your making excuses or doing wrong. I pray there's some listening by way of live stream. You know there's wrong. You need to. You need to, that needs to be repented and turned from it. Not continue right on into it. Because if you do, then you know so much. But you're saying, I believe. So you're believing you can get by with it. You can believe it'll never be, it'll never be put on display. And you're very foolish. May I say this? Knowing so much, but believing so little. Let's all stand to our feet. This morning, every head bowed, never eye closed. Don't put your